Hey everybody, we're live here at the Commercial Hotel talking to Mike McKenzie. How you doing, Mike? Oh, not too bad. Thanks a lot for having me, Paul. Thank you for, uh, for interviewing here. Oh, totally. Everybody on my uh, Live Music Magazine page, I kind of left a little mystery of who I was talking about. I, I said uh, I had a guitarist that was pretty close to Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, and he's local from Calgary. And, here he is, Mike McKenzie. Um, let's start back when you first wanted to be into music. Can you kind of tell me a bit of a backstory? Yeah, I mean, when I was really young, I started off with a couple of piano lessons. I think I was maybe seven or something like that. Obviously, it didn't stick, and I never really turned into very much of a pianist at all but um, picked up the guitar around 10, because my dad had kind of dabbled with it when he was a teenager. Still had some gear kicking around the house, a couple guitars and amps and stuff like that. And I can't remember if it was him who kind of suggested it and pushed me in that direction, or if I just saw it and it, it was actually a pretty cool looking old Yamaha uh, Sunburst guitar. And uh, either way, I, I enrolled in lessons and got the basics down um, for actually quite a few years into my later teenage years with a great guitar instructor named Dave uh, Severson who I still actually teach for. He's got a studio in Calgary uh, called Time Music. Um, anyways, so we, we went over the basics and I would bring in songs that I was looking to listen to and um, I got really serious about playing uh, in my teenage years uh, in, high, in junior high and especially high school and um, started figuring out stuff by ear, did a lot of more extracurricular stuff uh, outside the lessons and just played, eventually was playing all day. Could be like easily eight hours a day for lots of those times. And uh, once again, just trying to play the stuff that I listened to. And when you can kind of meet in the middle and get to the stage where you're able to play the things that, uh, that you're listening to, um, then it gets to be a pretty cool level of interest. and. Uh, yeah, definitely developed that passion, got into teaching myself from there and, and uh, uh, messing around with home demos and, and writings and stuff like that and recordings and uh, got into putting together a couple original groups and eventually this group in my uh, mid-twenties. What kind of music was, was your influences back then? Would, uh, yeah, I guess it would have been which bands? late 90s and early 2000s and, okay, and yeah. the bands that I started off with. Um, would just be kind of whatever was popular at, at the time. Um, and you favor a certain type of genre or just going all over the map? In the, or? in the very beginning, it wasn't, you know, anything that stuck with me too much. Uh, that I kind of moved on from that just after I got the basics down, learned some chords, learned some, some pop songs, some easy songs to get started. And then when I really started to get serious about it in junior high, um, then that's when some of the greats inspired me and, and most of those... Uh, early passionate influences have still stuck with me to this day, which is stuff like Black Sabbath, Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, ACDC. Those are all guys that kicked it off for me and still happen to be right up there at the top of my list. Um, is that when you kind of get into the, the blues music too, or did that? Yeah, that uh, the blues was later for sure. Um, yeah. But, but it, I mean, the seed was probably planted when I got into Hendrix because Red House was always one of my favorite songs that. Oh, yeah. uh, that he did and I could I could tell there was something different about his playing something really creative and unique and one of the main things was his ability to 
blend in the blues influence that he had um, from yeah. guys like uh, T-Bone Walker and Buddy Guy and everything. Mixed that uh, quite well with the radical psychedelic stuff as well. Yeah. And that's the product that you get when you listen to Jimmy's stuff. It's very blues infused. Um, so at the time, I, I didn't know what what it was that I was getting into, but eventually when I traced back those steps uh, myself, um, yeah, it's, it's very heavy on the blues, and, and that became a big part of my sound and my, uh, my core of, of what I'm at, too. Absolutely. So um, let's start with uh, which bands did you start out with, or did you just kind of jump around a bit? Or? Yeah, it was, it was a combination of stuff that I heard on the radio, stuff my guitar teacher was suggesting, stuff my parents might suggest, um, and... And uh, my aunt actually gave me my first Hendrix record, so that got things started. I remember I brought in one of my dad's Santana CDs, too, and we learned Oya Como Va is one of the oh, early, yeah. early guitar yeah. songs. And uh, even some 90s stuff that was popular at the time that, uh, you know, I think some, some Green Day and Collective Soul, but those didn't really stick around for me in terms of interest. Um, yeah, it, was, it was all over the map early on. Like, like I said, I got serious about it in maybe grade 8 or 9. And uh, guys like Deep Purple, uh, Black oh, yeah. Sabbath, yeah. Metallica, um, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, both Ozzy's, well, two of Ozzy's guitar players really influenced me quite a bit, Randy Rhodes and Zach Wilde. Yeah, okay. And yeah. so that's kind of where lots of the harder rock stuff comes from. But, you know, Megadeth, Pantera, also for the more metal influences too. Uh, when, when I write music, it doesn't always come out as ballsy and heavy as that, but... I've always had some some metal influence in the back of my mind too, and as as a young you know uh, testosterone fueled teenager, you want to rock out and play the heaviest stuff available and just right, yeah. you know, um, so those lots of that stuff came into play, and it turns out it's just really fun to to play on the guitar. Um, yeah. So. Tell me uh, your first real live gig, the one that kind of you had that aha moment where this is what I want to do. Was that was ever a moment like that? Um, well, gigging has always been fun for me, and I've enjoyed pretty much every one. Um, I, I try to approach them a little bit differently too, and not just take them for granted or, you know, dime a dozen kind of thing. Um, I've always enjoyed it, and that's my favorite part about music and uh, playing is is performing for people. And I still like to go to concerts myself too. The whole live aspect is really what it's all been about. I put a lot of effort into my studio stuff too, but that's a it's a different realm. And yeah. If I had to pick an area where the where the passion is strongest, it's it's live performance. So, uh, I think one of my first ones I did was at my grade nine grad with uh, kind of a thrown together band that didn't even have a name with uh, some friends, and we we did a couple other local things because we were obviously underage. So. It wasn't that serious, and, and then I got into some blues jams uh, when I was 18, did a guitar contest, and just showing up at some blues jams and with some friends, and uh, I don't know. We did original gigs for, for a long time with a couple bands uh, that I had going on in the early days, and we'd sprinkle a couple covers in, but usually we were only able to play about like one set worth of stuff and play with some other original bands. It wasn't until... I put this band together really that we started playing kind of full nighters, all nighters, and uh, even up to five days in a row, like we are here at Blues on White right now. Weekend gigs, three, four, five days are usually yeah. some of the funner ones. 
And uh, but yeah, there there wasn't really one particular gig. I always knew it's what I wanted to do. I always watched concert films, DVDs, YouTube videos of my favorite artists growing up, and mm -hmm. um, you know wanted wanted to be like that. And and they play some pretty cool places, obviously too. So it's it's inspiring to watch and yeah, yeah lots of great performers in my DVD collection. That um, it's it's never been a question. I, I just I've always known so, that that's what I've kind of been meant to do. So you went to music college then, right? I did. Yeah, that was when, when was that? That was um, right out of high school. I took a year off after high school and then okay. and then went to the, the two-year Mount Royal program, which is kind of a um, condensed version. I know lots of other similar programs are three or four years, so they packed everything into two years at the time. And unfortunately, it's it's no longer there in Calgary anymore, but the uh, it was the... Mount Royal Jazz Performance Program is what it was called. Oh, okay. So that's where you got some jazz influence. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and so I think I graduated from that in 2007 or 2008. 2008. So um, that was very heavy on, on the jazz stuff. A little bit of Latin and a little bit of classical theory in there too. But yeah. I kind of knew going in that I'd have to buckle down and only play jazz for, for a long time. And... I still maintained a rock band on, on the weekends outside yeah. of that, but it was very uh, um, no messing around, kind of like you're here to learn jazz kind of thing, which right. was which was good for me because I never really would have learned it myself. Uh, I think classical and, and jazz, it's pretty safe to say that you got to be really disciplined to, to yeah. get into that and attempt to play it properly. And um, it, was, it was good in lots of ways. I knew it would just help me as a musician, as a teacher, as a composer, arranger, improviser. And those are all actually different classes that we had there. Um, there there's about eight music classes that you had at a time there, and homework usually in each of them every night kind of thing. So it was, it was a big, heavy load, and especially for me not being a, a jazz cat going in and admittedly not being a huge one coming out. Yeah. Uh, but lots of the other people there had gone through the high school jazz band program or even the junior high and they had you know a, li a little bit of the sensibilities down not me I was just a pretty much a rock guy through and through so it was yeah. kind of a blessing that I got in there uh, they they must have seen a little bit of uh, interest or potential yeah. and yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to learn I wanted to to be there and kind of get that new technique under my belt and I knew I, I probably wouldn't emerge as strictly a jazz artist, and I certainly haven't, but lots of those uh, tendencies and traits show up in my music and, and writing too. And one of the things that, you know, if I ever want to stretch for a little bit more uniqueness in, in my playing or my compositions, then I'll, there's always like an endless well to draw from in the, in the jazz world and all the, the books that I have and paperwork that I kept around. So that's something you can be mm -hmm. drawing from and getting better at and your whole life really it's uh it's endless how how good you could get at jazz stuff and yeah. it's very complicated music for the most part you so, must have met some uh, key people in there some influences from yeah ralph bushmar was the guitar instructor i studied with there he's yeah. a really good player and he continues to perform all in the western canada region too so he was a, a big influence on me personally as well as some of the guys i was studying like john schofield west montgomery pat Metheny and uh, some of the non-guitar players too, like John Coltrane and Miles Davis, Chick Corea. Um, so we had uh, small combos that we would play with, and we had a larger, uh, more large kind of uh, big band type thing that we'd play in. And 
Um, we had performances regularly with that. We had um, uh, juries where we'd be kind of critiqued on our playing and private lessons as well. And um, all the instructors are really top-notch. It was run, run by a guy named Jim Brennan, who's a top-notch saxophone player himself and once again continues to play and teach uh, other avenues now that Mount Royal shut down. Um, there, it was, but it was a really great staff. All the teachers were extremely talented and good teachers uh, as well. So let's talk about the start of your solo band, Mike McKenzie Band. How did that, was that always in the back of your head or did, was there a certain point where you said, I want to do it? Or yeah. How um, did that start? I always kind of tinkered around with home recordings and and uh, trying to make my own music at, at home at kind of a very basement amateur level. And eventually those recordings added up and they're starting to sound a little bit better and complete. And I was able to work a couple songs into a couple of the bands that I was playing with at the time. And eventually when I, when I saw the results coming together a little bit more um, and, and refining my ear and recording techniques and getting a bit more stoked on it, then I, I decided I should put together a band to play these songs live with. And uh, that was about maybe six years ago, something like that. And uh, like I said, I'm going to be adding to this project my whole life. It's it's great that I can kind of have that as as my brainchild or whatever, my baby, and um, kind of direct the ship on that. Pick the cover songs that we're going to blend in, um, play the the album songs, and pick the players and everything like that, and just have something mainly just to have something stable and consistent. Because when you're um, collaborating in original projects, quite often you'll have different interests or disagreements or whatever. It's hard to keep everybody on the same concentrated path for yeah. a long period of time. And so inevitably, unless you're lucky, that's going to fizzle out at some point. And I'll, I'll continue to probably be in other original bands as I go, but this is kind of the main thing that'll be the driving force through everything. And um, I've been pretty happy with how things have turned out so far. I'm always looking to get better and expand and... Um, play in different places, spread the seed around a little bit, and get better at writing and recording and trying yeah. to make sure the next album is always better than the previous one. So your first album, um, I believe that was Natural Causes, yeah. and that was published, when was that? 2014. 2014. Um, how long was that process to, to, to get all those, was that like a years and years and yeah. you finally put it together? Yeah, or? that's a good question, because basically when you release your first album, Yeah. Um, you're pretty much drawing from all the stuff that you've ever yeah. written or recorded, right? How do so, you choose, um, most of the stuff I'd written wasn't was not very good at that point. And like I said, I started to notice the songs were evolving and getting a little bit stronger um, in the about a couple of years before that album was released. So, um, the songs that I picked on it were um, written over a couple of years for sure. But and I kind of just picked the best of what I had at that point. Um, maybe three years worth of writing and just yeah. selecting the best. Usually you have to write um, like 30 songs and then narrow that down to 10 or whatever like yeah. that. So that was the case for me. And, um, and I also kind of wanted to showcase the different things that I could do and different interests that I have musically. So it's it's everywhere from hard rock and openers to... Um, yeah, the first few tracks on the album are pretty hard-hitting, and then it mellows out, goes through its uh, different uh, terrain, and ends off on actually a pretty acoustic note. So that's the other thing. 
uh, with, the, mm -hmm. with the first album is it's going to be perhaps a little bit scattered sometimes and you're just trying to demonstrate what you're what you're about and for me it's not just one sound right I've always liked lots of different styles of music so I was trying to showcase that with at the same time not get too scattered and sidetracked yeah. and have a bit of a cohesive voice as well so so the name itself natural causes is there a story behind that is that not really no okay um why'd you pick that I don't know just it it kind of happened naturally and basically <laughs> um, unfolded fairly naturally like it was you know those songs had to get out there and they they wanted to be played I think uh, for better or for worse it's good for people to hear them and and make the music uh, come alive and um, they, I, I just kind of thought it was a, a title that could be interpreted in a couple different ways but lots of my stuff I like to be subjective whether it's my song titles, album titles, lyrics, I, I like to have um, the ability for people to perceive them differently and maybe their yeah. own way too and not have it always so black and white. Of course a couple couple instances are only one way, right? Yeah. But um, that's something I've always liked to implement into the songwriting is there's something for the, the listener to participate with and add in their own kind of experiences with it too. Okay, so Mike's current album is called Solstice, and I've got a copy of it right here. And what, um, is there, uh, when did this start? To, like the, your second, so 2014 was your first album, mm -hmm. Natural Causes, and then you took a bit of a break, or you always had a material left over, you just wanted to, yeah, I mean, the second it, one, exactly, like it, uh, there's a, always a little bit of an overlap. Like some of the songs would have uh, started right around the time that Natural Causes was released. A couple of them go back that far, but mainly it's just you're, you're, yeah, I've had released all my good stuff at that point and you're collecting and writing new songs along the way. And when it comes a time that you have a full album worth of solid tracks, then you can put out another one. And also, you know, saving up to, to make it happen because I self-finance everything and kind of direct everything. So it's just making sure that the vision's going to be completed properly. Also, have have a time, uh, have enough time to do things right when you don't have a a, la a label breathing down your neck or anything like that. Yeah, it's nice to have so, that freedom, uh, right? Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna invest so much time and money into it, then you, you want to do it right. You don't want to rush things and find find the right personnel to work with, the right studios, try a few different things out, cut some songs as you go and just make sure that it's a, a decent final project or product. Did you find your music changed a bit from one album to the next? It kind of morphed into different things that you yeah. different artists? And the heart of it's there. It's, yeah. it's kind of a, a similar vibe, but I, I actually like the new album quite a bit more. I'm a lot more stoked on it, obviously partially because it's fresh and current, and I yeah. think every artist is like that. They're the most keen on their most recent release, uh, that's a natural thing, but I think that it's a more cohesive product altogether. Uh, the songs work more well as, as a unit, as a whole. It still ebbs and flows, and it's got its ups and downs, uh, its diversity, which is, I think, a, a part of my sound that will always be there on my albums. But um, I, I just think the songwriting is better, the production is better. Uh, we use lots of the same people for players and uh, post-production but I, I think it just came out better and um, would recommend that one 
Of course, yeah. Uh, if you had to pick between the two, but uh, yeah, the it's it's like a a progressive-y, bluesy rock kind of thing overall, and the the heart of it hasn't changed too much. Still like to do the uh, more heavy uh, thundering type tracks and the more quiet acoustic passages as well, and start implementing some different instruments here and there, like percussion and organ, keys, roads, and who knows, maybe even get some horns or something like that for the next one, some harp, and diversify even further like that. But it's, uh, yeah, you can, I think you can see the evolution when you listen to them. It's, it's, it's a bit of an, Absolutely. bit of an enhancement. Yeah. So how long has this been on the market now? Has this been? That was released October 2017, so okay. a few, few months ago. Few months we had ago. a CD release party in Calgary for that, where we played pretty much the whole album all the way yeah. through and played a whole night and kind of unleashed it and. That was a good time. So that's good. Um, so you also are a teacher as well. So you yeah. you teach uh, guitar lessons mainly. Yeah, during the week, um, I, I teach guitar privately in in Calgary, whether that's uh, out of my home or people's homes or, or a music studio, like I mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, and that's kind of like my day job, and then I pretty much try to have it so I'm performing every weekend, and. Recently, that's been the case. It's yeah. the odd weekend off, but I like to try to keep it busy as I can. And this was pretty much a full week gig here at Blues on White. So that's, like I said, that's my passion. That's great when I can do that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so is there any any advice you can give to the, the young musician that wants to start or wants to... Start guitar? Guitar, yeah. Any? Yeah, well, it's just... It's not going to be easy. You just have to understand that there's a lot of commitment involved and practicing, and um, sometimes that's that's one of the most obvious but overlooked things. Is is you have to play pretty much every day. You have to really want it, and um, there's no such thing as natural talent. It's all developed and kind of created as as you put your mind to it. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's a great way to start by learning songs that you already know and you like to listen to. There's a bunch of simple songs on guitar that, um, you know, that people might have already liked and uh, lots of stuff you can start with from, from chords to, to note reading. But the, the main thing is you got to be interested and in having fun with it or else it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So um, that'd be my advice is, is play stuff that you like that you're interested in and be prepared to play a lot, get those calluses happening and commit and, and sometimes takes a few years to, to start seeing any real results, but just gotta stick with it. Exactly. It becomes so, more fun as you go. Right? The, the better you get, the more fun it is and it's really all about having fun and yeah, at the end of the day. The, about the passion, it kind of keeps you in it. And being able to see your, your own results and progress is a huge part of it too, right? If, you're, if you can't play anything after taking lessons for two years for example then why would you stick around it's like you have to you have to have a little bit of a catalog or something to show for it yeah so let's uh let's go into the future um where do you where do you see yourself what's your your long-term goals for for the mike mckenzie band i just want to keep uh getting better as a as a musician as a guitar player as a singer as a composer um, I, it's kind of cool to imagine that the best stuff um, has not even been written yet yeah. down down the line uh, stum something in the very back of my brain or something that I haven't created yet 
hasn't happened yet, but it may very well be my best work. It's, it's probably still yet to come. Um, so that's kind of what keeps me going is to create something new, something that might even inspire me and I might even like to listen to uh, and uh, play different places in the world. In the southern states would be a cool one. A bit more uh, eastern in Canada would be one of the next steps too because we pretty much just deal with the western part of Canada right now. Okay. Definitely like to expand it to kind of a, a nationwide thing and um, get into other places, like I said, like the states in Europe uh, when time permits and spread it around mm -hmm. see some different places and faces and see what kind of music works in certain parts of the world and yeah yeah so you're basically full-time musician full um, yeah. and a teacher yeah and so that's all you do is just teach and play music and write and yeah like there's lots of areas that uh, that you have to cover when you do music full time. It can't usually just be one thing unless you're yeah you've worked for worked to it and you're fortunate or lucky. But um, if I could play seven nights a week, I would. And uh, maybe that's one of the long term goals is to play six seven nights a week and just do it literally full time. And yeah. uh, and that that's what I'd really like to do. And I don't think I'd get too worn out by that. I, I enjoy it. And uh, yeah. like I said, I'm always inspired by trying to get better and turn over other stones. Perfect. So, so how can people get a hold of you? We've got Mike McKenzie dot CA. CA. Yeah, just make sure you spell it M A C. Mackenzie. Mackenzie, yes. And this is his new album, Solstice, so you better go and get it. And where can they buy it? Uh, they can find it uh, through my website. They can find it on all the streaming apps and sites like iTunes and stuff like that. Okay. Or um, a few local record shops in Calgary and Edmonton, like uh, Blackbird Music, Heritage Music, Sunrise Records, stuff like that. And I'll make sure um, I post some links for everybody so you can find it. And make sure you check me out at Live Music Magazine on Facebook. So it was a pleasure talking to you, Paul. Thank Thanks you so very much. much. This has been awesome. Great. And peace out.